This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It started in the 1850s and culminated in 1908 with a bloodbath in the streets of Kansas City. This month, Diane Houston and I explore the Adam God cult that stormed Kansas City streets. You know, one of the things that we've kind of uh, had on this journey, Diane, through history here in Kansas City is the ability to find out things that like nobody even thought of before, nobody even knew about. I think my vision when we started this podcast project was one of which we um, talked about, I don't know, like things everybody kind of knew about, but <laughs> dove in a little bit deeper. I had no idea Adam and Eve were in Kansas City at one point parading around naked shooting people. Maybe perhaps thinking that Kansas City was the Garden of Eden, too. Maybe. We don't know. That's we don't right. know. You know, this is a perfect example of, of, of stuff that I think Kansas City was hoping would be buried. <laughs> and unfortunately, people like me dig it up. And, yeah. and, and sorry, not sorry, because it's fascinating. A cult in Kansas City, a shootout in Kansas City involving a cult. Like, we got to know more about this. Well, we do. And it starts with, like, a, a guy named James and his wife named, uh, what is it, Melissa? James yeah. and Melissa Sharp, yeah. right? Th- those two convinced people that they were Adam and Eve and started maybe, like, one of the first type of religious cults, not only, obviously, here in Kansas City, but maybe in the United States. And, and they went around town basically telling people, and not around town, the country, telling people that, like, they were Adam and Eve. And people yeah. started following them and sending them money. Like, this is this was crazy. It's crazy. And it- it's, it, you're right. There were other cults. I'm sure cults have been around for a long time and, you know, arguably for sure. But but the, the fact that this was one of those incidents in Kansas City, the people that do know about it, which are not very many until I wrote about it, but um, the people that do know about it didn't really know how deep this was. It's not like they woke up one morning and said, hey, let's start a cult in Kansas City. This was way before Kansas City was even in the picture. And that's why, you know, I wanted to make sure, I always say this, I always start at the beginning and and end at the end. And the end isn't even in Kansas City at the shootout. So I think, yeah, it's it's worth exploring how James Sharp, who was born in Missouri in 1857, and his wife, Melissa, I just feel like he called her Melissa. You know what I mean? Like before she... She had to have been Melissa. <laughs> like, I was thinking just Mel, but what do I know, right? Well, you know, like Melissa... Yeah, yeah. Well, give hey, me a beer. Like Missouri. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, Melissa. Exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so but geez. they were they were like a big age difference too. It's like he was oh 13 my she, or he was like 30 and she was like 13 or 16 or something. This guy was like robbing the cradle right from the get-go. For real. Yeah. And 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 her family did not approve. Yeah, I mean he's born in Missouri and then he he ends up, you know, he loses both of his parents when he's really young, which I'm mm-hmm. sure messed him up. Sure. 
then um, he he supposedly like ran the riverboat scene and was like making a living at 13 gambling. And I actually wouldn't put it past this guy. Um, and then he ends up meeting Melissa or Melissa in, um, in Missouri. She's born in 1871. So she's 16. He's 30. And they run off to Arkansas, of course. Of course, right? I mean, where else would you go if you're, you're a 30-year-old marrying a 16-year-old? I mean, Arkansas screams, come to me. They, they seriously, like, make the rounds. Don't, we're going to be in Oklahoma in a minute, too. Don't worry. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oklahoma's <laughs> not out of the woods on this one. Okay. Yeah. Actually, most states aren't. That's yeah. And countries. And countries, too. Yeah, yeah, this was an international incident. <laughs> this is an international story. So anyway, they get married and end up, uh, well, big surprise, they don't stay anywhere very long. So they're just kind of like nomads <laughs> running through the countryside. But where the story, they, they end up having two kids. I, at first, I was like, there's no way these people had kids. And I'm like, of course they did. Of course they course did. They you got to keep this going. Who do you think is going <laughs> to continue this ruse if you don't have offspring? Especially if you're Adam and Eve, we wouldn't right. be here anyway. So they, they have two kids. One of them's name is Thomas and he's still kind of a mystery, but he was born first. And then their son Lee is born in 1894. So they're, you know, I mean, they get married and, and have their little kids or whatever. Mm -hmm. So by 1903, they're living in Oklahoma. So they, they're, they've homesteaded. Right. <laughs> so, well, they so they're no, Go I said they got the ability to, to, to kind of spread their word of the gospel all around. And they, they start at Missouri, not, they go to Arkansas, they go to Oklahoma. The best thing is, is they're not even like religious yet. Not yet, they're not, but they will get there. We'll get there. So anyway, he in 1903, they're living in a dugout house, of course. And mm. they, you know, Melissa's standing at the doorway of the dugout house and, and, you know, James out in the field. And all of a sudden a meteor comes and just bam, fall, just explodes on the farm. and totally i mean that would freak anybody out it's actually true this did happen though just for the record this mm -hmm. part isn't divine intervention so this makes the newspaper headlines that uh, you know this happened and and it really shakes up james sharp and turns him to the lord and so he's it said he screamed at the skies to be forgiven and fell flat on the ground praying and so he prayed and cried for two weeks with two children and a wife at home and then told his wife that the Holy Spirit came to him and told him it was time for him to start preaching. Mm -hmm. And so they shook on it and then they, they sold their whole farm, picked up their kids and started preaching on the road. So, I mean, like that, that happened. Like, why don't you just sell the meteor pieces for some profits? I don't understand. But anyway, they end up roaming around the countryside and by a couple years go by. So I don't, we don't know where they are. I, I just look for arrests. <laughs> That's what I was looking for at this point. But anyway, this religion that they had, you know, you start us as a preacher saying he was a preacher starts with him. Start, he started to say he was reincarnated as he was the reincarnated Adam. And right. of course, Melissa was Eve. Well, I mean, obviously, Diane, obviously. I don't know what, what you're thinking about here. If he's going to be reincarnated as Adam, of course, she's going to be Eve, right? I know. And don't worry, they're going to find God, too. In yes. A minute. So they're traveling around in an old wagon that they, just in case you missed it, it said gospel wagon on the side of it. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. This, it's, this, was, this was a lot to research. And so they end up meeting a 20-year-old Scottish immigrant whose, you know, name is John Aitken. And he starts, apparently he kind of takes over the Colts. They're still in Oklahoma, but he kind of takes over the Colts. And we don't know how many people are following him at this point, but they had to have some type of following at this. I, I hate to say it, but they did. And so he starts saying he's God almighty. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, just took, uh, took uh, the rank of uh, James Sharp out of the way. 
So they end up in Oklahoma City and on April 18th, 1905, they're going to go preach on the streets, which was normal. That's how they did things. That's how they recruited. Right. But they did it naked. Well, I mean, how else would you do it? Totally naked. Right. Naked preaching with their children, mind you, oh, naked boy. as well. Of course. So that, of course, doesn't just land them headlines that lands them in jail. And then they're, they're hauled off to the insane asylum. And then they send, we know for sure, I know for sure from later uh, descriptions that their son Lee was actually sent away to a reform school. So they took their kids away from them. Well, they should have. Uh, well, I mean, 100%. But I mean, you just can't, can't go walk on the streets yet. of Oklahoma City naked and expect nothing to happen to you with we your were children. All born I mean. naked, Adam and Eve, fig leaf. That's what they thought. So in any case, they end up, they were shouting hallelujahs in Broadway in Oklahoma City. So anyway, Aiken says he was told, he tells everybody that in 7,000 people are going to be killed in the city um, within days. That got him landed in the, the insane asylum for like a year. <laughs> so in any case, Melissa and, and James can apparently do well enough that within uh, a month, they're, they're, on, they're out, they're out, they're out on the, the run. And they kept in contact with Aiken because he, uh, you know, even though he was in the insane asylum, he found, I know you're going to be surprised and everyone listening, Aiken found that when he was in the insane asylum, it was a really good place to recruit people for their cult. <laughs> I mean, where else would you recruit people for, hey, do you want to run the streets naked and preach the gospel of the Lord? I've got a proposition for you. Yeah, where else are you going to find people that are willing to run around a, a city naked and do this? It's a perfect fit. So they, so he even said that that Aiken stayed an extra couple months because the pickings were fruitful up there. So anyway, I mean that's supposedly what happened. So then they, they end up by 1906, they're in Fort Smith, Arkansas, living in a shack, and you know with them is a guy named Jack Pratt. Jack Pratt, and he's from Oklahoma. And there's no real mention again of the kids. So at this point, I'm not sure if they have their son Lee back, but I don't know where Thomas is at all, that oldest kid. So they called him, they told the newspapers because newspapers kind of end up following this in different cities because it's so unreal, you know? I mean, it's so odd, they're, they're covering it. So they told um, one of the newspapers that their son Lee was the youngest preacher in the world. He was 11. Mind you, he couldn't read or write. They didn't believe in that. So anyway, so they move again. And after Aiken was, you know, released from the estate asylum, they, uh, they started calling themselves Adamites. So this is where the, I mean, obviously Adam and Eve, Adamites. So they end up on the farm of a guy named William Comer, poor little widow. He's a widow with some, you know, kids that are older and then a daughter who's 16. And she starts getting really concerned because there, this farm's worth quite a bit of money and there's 45 cult members now, 45, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And included in this, this new group is this guy, Jack Pratt has converted his brother, Lewis Pratt, who becomes very important along with his wife, Della and their five children under 11, great, to be part of the Adam and Eve cult, if you will. They all are just camping on this William Comer's farm and this 16 year old daughter of William Comer's like, this ain't good. <laughs> like, this, this doesn't look good. And so she writes to her sister and is like, Hey, sis, that we got a problem here. Dad has just signed his entire farm over to Adam God, AKA 
James Pratt, $7,000. And they have kids tied to a tree. Um, what? So the older sister calls the, you know, gets the police involved and they go out there. And one of the, one of the kids, which is, uh, which is one of the kids that becomes, a, you know, an issue later, who's um, two years old is tied to a tree covered in mosquitoes because Melissa, AKA Eve said she wouldn't believe. She wouldn't believe. Mm -hmm. Great. So they were arrested for um, unbecoming conduct and disturbing the peace because they didn't like to wear clothes there either. Right. Okay. And they so, also didn't like to work either. Like they thought oh, like, yes. like working and keeping up the house and keeping up the farm was, was against God as well. Yeah. Weren't they? Yeah, totally. So William Comer, Comer's farm, that was the other problem is that the daughter was saying like, you know, he made his money off of farming um, was that the, the entire landscape at that point, there was no planting of crops. They were just living on the, you know, the overgrown fields. Right. And that was part of what Adam God believed, AKA um, James Sharp is that we don't work. No, no, no. And if you want to be a part of our cult, now, of course I didn't say cult, but if you want to be part of our cult, don't you worry about it. Um, where you just sign over everything you own and we'll live off of that. Right. Where everybody <laughs> so like just basically they, came and pooled all their resources and money yeah. and, and it went into a big pot and that's how they got, you know, say they needed, mm -hmm. you know, whatever from the store, they just took out of the kitty and, and they went and did that. But it, it, it was almost, you know, I, I want to say almost cultish, but it is obviously a cult, but they weren't allowing the folks in this cult to, to get educated because public no. school is the devil and things like oh, that. So they yeah. knew exactly what they were doing. Everything oh, yeah. to keep these people down and involved in this cult, giving them their money and everybody was living off each other and not allowing them to get educated meant they weren't going to grow and learn that, wait a second, this is probably not something we should be involved in. Oh, 100%. And, and this is what's interesting is at this point, in the history of this cult, because they do not believe in educating the kids. All the kids need, needed was to be read from the Bible. Right, the Bible, they're going to learn that. everything. Everything from like, the Bible. Everything you need is in the Bible. So they did split, and I'm not sure why, but at the exact same time, two separate things happened in two separate cities. So I think that Adam God had um, run out of uh, resources in Oklahoma. It was time to move on because they end up in Denver, Colorado. Right. And then- the other, the Pratts, which is going to be Della and Lewis Pratt and their five children, end up in Kansas City, which is really odd. And this is October of 1906. So that whole incident only happened months before. And so in October of 1906, Lewis Pratt takes his kids. They go up to Kansas City. They're living basically at a place that's set up for homeless people. But the deal is, if you're going to live here, you have to work at our lumber yard and we'll pay for it. He, he refuses to work. Right. Well, I mean, at this point, he's not used to working. He claimed God would support them. And my favorite is he could get more money from people on the streets than working. Mm -hmm. Great. When they threatened to actually kick him out of the house, the place they were living, he finally went to work at this, this lumber yard. But the kids and his wife, Della, were singing on the street corner, earning their dollar too. Right. So they were singing religious songs and all of this. Well, they end up in court with, because you can't, even back in 1907, if you're or in 19, yeah, because in February, 1907, they end up in court. Even in 1907, you couldn't not have your kids in school. It was against the law. So you're in the middle of the day in downtown Kansas City with your you know, two-year-old in your arms and your seven-year-old singing and begging for money, you're going to get some attention. And so a judge orders, you have to send your kids to school. 
And he, and Lewis is like, mm, yeah, no, Bible's enough. And he says, the, in the, like you said, he said, the public school is wicked and the devil is its teacher. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> because As the minute teacher, somebody would go to school though, Diane, you know, they would learn about this is not the right thing to do. I know, People would start to formulate their own opinions on things and, you know, be able to come to a conclusion that the the, the lifestyle that we're living here right now is probably not the uh, the normal lifestyle that's going on in the United States of America, even in the early 1900s at this time. I know. And you know, these kids are not like dressed in their Sunday best. No. They're looking ragged. So he says, fine, I'll send my kids to court or send my kids to school. He tells the judge when he's got his final warning and then they disappeared. You know, I'm like, ah, well, Kansas City didn't know what happened to him for a year, but I do. They ended mm -hmm. up back in Denver with this group. So that's where Adam got and, and Eve, Melissa are. There's a great picture of them in the newspaper. This got national attention at this point because a national journalist basically published this large story about the Adamites. And this is prior to when they really hit the headlines nationwide. So they, it was so big that this journalist shows up at their house in Denver, Colorado. It's right on the Platte River. I'm sure, it was a nice setup. And they said, oh, Garden of Eden's now in, now in Colorado. It's not, it's not in Oklahoma anymore. And their son now is with them. 12-year-old Lee is there. And Melissa tells the journalist, tells the reporter that uh, their son is, Lee is said to be able reincarnated. <laughs> and of course, if anybody knows anything about just basic Bible, then the reporter's like, so where's Cain? Where's Cain? <laughs> there must and be a Cain, right? There's gotta be a Cain. And she, oh, Melissa was like, oh, he's done dreadful things and now is working in Kansas City as a grocer. So that's how I know that her older son, who did terrible things, which is probably like, my family's crazy, I'm out of here at 12 years old or whatever, ended up in Kansas City and he really does disappear. So he might've been even smart enough to change his name. I'm, mm -hmm. not, I'm not sure. But so anyway, the, the kids are not educated. They can't read, they can't write. And there's a slew of them, like all in this compound. And- this is great. They said, we shall not have money or clothes or house or any property. We shall sleep in the fields under tents and every man will take what he needs from his neighbor. Adam will cleanse men of their sins and lead them back to the garden of Eden. We were, we will live forever. And then he said that, that the people of Denver were wicked and that he was going to move a mountain to squash them all and kill them. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this didn't, at this point, you feel like somebody would be like, wait, 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 we need to keep a closer eye on these people, but they didn't. And so all of a sudden they probably overstayed their welcome. They end up going to British Columbia and you're like, why British Columbia? Like what's up there? And it was where the Dukovers were. I don't and know who, who are the Dukovers. I, I was trying <laughs> to figure that out when I was, you know, reading your article yeah. on this, like what, what is a Dukover? I mean, that just sounds like something made up. I know it does. It does. It. Yeah. Like I'm going to be a Dukover for Halloween. Okay. What's that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, British Columbia. So what they are is they're a group of Russians who were rejecting organized governments and also they were practicing passive, I can never say this right, pacifism. And they decided that they, you know, weren't welcome anymore in Russia. And so they all immigrated in 1899, 8,000 of them. 
immigrated to Saskatchewan. Wow. They were going to set up. That's a, now that's a, that's an organization. No you know, that makes, That's a that lot makes of people. Adam, that makes Adamites look real tiny. Well, 45 to 8,000 is a big, you know, difference. <laughs> oh, I should have mentioned they're down to about a dozen members. Oh, we're down. We lost <laughs> people along the way. Oh, that's a shame. I, I thought for sure everybody would be in. It would be oh, growing and growing and growing. I know. I'm, I'm surprised Denver today isn't just a bunch of Adamites. I don't know what about you. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really surprised this didn't take off in Denver. So it, it seems like this guy just continually moves like south and west because like everybody else is like, yeah, get out of here nutty get out of here crazy man get out of here crazy person yeah i think it was just it, it was to the point and and see and they're also starting to act more erratic which tells you that i mean they're obvious is some mental issues here um because these this establishment the Dukovers, were establishing a you know a community if you will of about so eight thousand left and six thousand at this point in 1908 are trying to establish they have a leader you know establish this area they bought mm-hmm. land and they're going to be you know living in sunshine or whatever and James Sharp's like, they need me as their leader. So he and his 12 followers go up to British Columbia. That's not good. You know, he can't afford, a, you know, a, a train ride. So sure. Like walking. Um, and they get up there. And this is the scariest part is that at this point, they're all armed. So now he's got guns with him. Well, that doesn't really work for this type of religious sect who's not really cool with the whole violence thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but he thinks that he's going to be just fine. And so he actually runs into the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and makes headlines there too, which tells you how bizarre this all is. They're barely there and they make headlines because you know, people are probably like, hey, police, there's just a bunch of kids walking around with uh, guns. Yeah, yeah. Do something about this. So anyway, they go up, they try to tell the Dukovers that they're the saviors and Adam and Eve, and we've got this, it looks great you should believe us. And they're like, we're cool. And so they ended up going south back in the United States. (laughs) So in August of 1908, they go through Montana and they actually pick up a 19 year old named Willie Egnall, who has from Swedish parents and he suffers from epilepsy. And of course, what's he first do? Turns over his two guns that he owns and the spare change in his pocket and starts following them. He said, I gave them two revolvers and everything else I had because he was Adam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he was told to. That's what you do. Right. And so they, I love this. They pick up a houseboat. So now it's like, I guess it's, it is faster probably to float than to walk or whatever. Sure it is. Yeah. Float down the river. But you think it's over 12 people on a houseboat and, you know, it would be like a houseboat at the Lake of the Ozarks. Right, <laughs> like, right, right. This is not high tech. So anyway, they end up floating down the Missouri River, unfortunately, into our direction. And they tie up in November 1908. They arrive in Kansas City and they're ready to go on the way. They're practicing target shooting. They have the kids practicing how to use their guns. And the reason they said that they were doing that is because they said, we knew our enemies were coming. Well, you can see how the cult got started here in Kansas City. Coming up next month, we'll describe that day and go in detail with that fateful day, December 8th, 1908, a bloodbath in the streets of Kansas City. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 